Considered as one of the most revolutionary and groundbreaking animated films of all time, as well as the first Japanese anime to break into the United States, this month's movie has and will most likely continue to inspire filmmakers for years to come. Artistically stunning and existentially philosophical, this film paved the way for the mature animated television and movies that we enjoy today. So hop on the metaphorical motorcycle with us as we discuss Akira. Everybody and welcome to another episode of You've Never Seen Question Mark Exclamation Mark. Um, today we're going to be talking about, uh, like the intro says, is uh, Akira. It's a classic 1988 Japanese um, animation that um, has become very much claimed in, in not just Japanese anime, but also in pop culture and, and other um United States or whatever you want to call it, like kind of cinematic um, inspirations. And so today, my in this episode, I'm joined once again by Derek uh, McDuff and Alan Torres. Hey, hey guys. guys. Hey, what's up, everybody? All right. So, Alan, technically, this is your introduction to for uh, or your recommendation for us to see i've never seen it derek's never seen it before this as well right derek right i'd never see yeah, that's why i kind of you know uh muscled into way this episode because i really wanted to see it and talk about it because i'd never seen it before yeah so like as uh, last month's episode like it's not it's it wasn't a special episode after all because well, we're back at seen, it again none of us yeah last last week so or last yeah week, that's week. true that's true that's true so um, before we start, Alan, like, yeah, how did you come across this? I mean, you, I know that you're more kind of like, um, savvy with, you know, Japanese animation and, and, um, that, but, but, um, were you, did you kind of like before all the hype was kind of like given to it, did you see it or you, you saw it in response to the hype as well? I had heard about it. Like, in, like, cause when I was in high school, I became like a big, big movie buff kind of guy. Like, I guess now I am still, but it was one of those where it was like on the list where everybody's like, dude, I, and yes, for the listeners out there, I know it's Akira. I get it. I <laughs> grew up, all of us grew up when, when we were getting into anime, like my friends and I, and we saw where like, it's Akira and I, and even like everything else, you know, we'll, we'll go into like how uh, it's, it's, um, how it's, uh, kind of. Right, it's it's I've like reached out pretty much, but yeah. um, but yeah, I pretty much found it about then uh, around that time, and like I heard about it, and like a lot of people have had mentioned it. Where they're like, you know, from the anime community, where they're like, uh, like around the time, you know, this is the early to mid two thousands, so everybody's like, all right, you want to get into anime, you got to watch like Dragon Ball, Cowboy Bebop, Akira, Akira, um, Sailor Moon, whatever. Like that, like like nowadays, there's so much anime, like. It's fucking everywhere. So like now you, you could just you I don't even think you need to watch those beginner animes anymore, like Gundam Wing and all that. But Akira was always on top of that. Also on top is like a as a film buff kind of thing where everybody was like, Oh, it's on my top one hundred list. It's one of the best films you've ever seen, blah blah blah. And I was like, Okay, and then finally like eleven years ago, I was like, I'm gonna watch it and I was just blown away. But yeah, that's pretty much I got into because of anime and because of movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so. Um, I guess I'll start off with like what I thought about it. Um, for this first viewing of mine, so I I enjoyed it. I mean, the yeah, the animation, especially like you, you guys. I had to, I had asked you before we started, like, what year did this come out out again? Um, and you guys said 1988, and it just that fact of like just that's a very impressive because yes, like. That we see a bit a bit of better animation nowadays, of course, but still, like for it coming out in 1998 is very impressive because it's such a clean style, and you and you could definitely see how current um, animes and and even regular animation, you know, mainstream animation is very much like um, inspired by this, especially with how um, in 
how very like detailed the city is you know like the city of neo tokyo kind of like becomes its own kind of um character like in the background you know because it's such it, it just from the beginning like sets you off on this like okay this is a very gritty gritty world um you know like there's there's like just it's just uh essentially like a, uh antithesis of what tokyo is now you know like tokyo now is of course that that um highly futuristic um world that's bright and colorful and clean and this movie kind of takes you out of that and gives you a slight you know alternate version uh, view of of tokyo is like that this is gritty it's dirty um it still has technology but it's only for you know like the the um authoritarian kind of like um government in a way you know and and it's very lucky that that like the lower class like it, with with um canada cat canada can, i can't pronounce things i'm sorry everybody said akira whatever you want it sounded <laughs> it sounded like they were saying canada like canada, canada. The country, yeah right? canada like, yeah yeah like. yeah yeah uh, so I'm gonna say Canada oh, yeah, yeah. without it without an accent or anything like that. So I'll say Canada. I'm gonna um, say Canada like a white person. Okay. <laughs> so so um, but you know, and that's why why Canada um having you know this this very high tech bike um is such a big part of that kind of character. But yeah, for me, like uh, I you know I went into this blind. So I thought, like, you know, especially with the poster, that famous poster of, of Canada walking to his bike, um, I thought that he was a kid. And so I was very, like, um, surprised that, oh, okay, this is not, he's not a kid, a kid. Um, it's, you know, this other character that, you know, is very missed. And there's all this mystery behind it. And um, kind of like, uh, um, and... I just was watching and then, like, had comparisons of movies that, like, of course, were created after this. Um, so, I got senses of, like, uh, of Chronicles. You know that movie, Chronicles, where, you know, this group, these, these three guys, like, get oh, yeah. superhero, it, it, superpowers and stuff? It's and very I was like, much like Chronicle. Oh, well, well, Chronicle is very much like this because yeah, that, yeah, this did exactly. come out first. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I was like, oh, maybe like that's probably where they got it because, yeah, you have um, Tashiro's character, you know, becoming essentially that, that kind of character that gets his power and then just suddenly like goes off the deep end and like he all that kind of feeling of, of jealousy to Canada's, um, you know, life kind of like comes up and he becomes like an asshole essentially and then and then um and then also with the three um kids that are you know like that are held by the government i got like kind of like a minority report kind of thing of the of the precogs and that and like mm. uh-huh yeah so and i'm definitely sure that probably like there's other movies that have been affected and you know that have gained inspiration because of this movie and and um and so yeah so i i definitely get that i definitely get why this movie inspired um other you know other filmmakers and um to create you know all these like branches of stories and and bring in some of the elements of, of this movie um and i did i did enjoy it at first i was like not really liking uh canada but he did kind of bring it around at the end um uh, when when the when the, when that the kind of chubbier um kid um comes in like from the start i was like oh he's he's this bitch like you know he's like that asshole like he's working with the government you know and like that the other kid was trying to run away and stuff but then like in the then later on you find out like oh no they're all like actually like you know essentially brothers and sisters siblings and you know he's a pretty okay kid and stuff but just the way that they like brought him out with like a floating chair he's in a suit i'm like oh this asshole of a kid you know he's this asshole kid um so i did definitely really enjoy that um the ending 
now I, it took me a while to kind of understand what the heck was going on. <laughs> um, I, so so yeah, so like I I, I did I think. I understand it. <laughs> um, maybe Alan, after we get um, Derek's first um, um, analysis on it, maybe you could kind of clear up the ending for me. But okay, well, with that, like Derek, what what did you think of on you know, your first re- viewing? Yeah, yeah, because you know I watched it for the first time, like we were saying um, for this podcast, and it has been a movie that I have really wanted to watch for quite some time. I am. Um, a big anime fan. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm like a weeb or anything. Like I'm not like super in anime, but like I've watched all the Hayao Miyazaki directed movies, and you know I'm into like Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and I've read that manga. (laughs) 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 But um, you know I'm not like you know it's uh, and I'll watch it. You know obviously if it's good, but it's not like you know my number one genre. Like I'm not like super into it. Um, uh, But I I do. Uh, but it, you know, knowing how iconic this is amongst animated films, um, I really wanted to check it out for a long time. So as soon as you guys said you were doing it for this, you haven't seen, uh, I'm like, okay, cool, count me in. And I really enjoyed it. Like, I, I really liked it. Um, a because I'm like, wow, I can see how this is super influential. And like, you know, Errol, you said it would go on to inspire stuff like, you know, Minority Report or Chronicle. Like, it, you know, there's some clear parallels with Chronicle there. Or, you know, even something like Invincible, you know, where it has the, like, the laser beam coming down from space is like, I'm like, that's straight out of Akira now that I see that, you know? Oh, yeah, dude, um, that, that laser beam mm-hmm. is like in so many things. I think <laughs> yeah. even Batman Beyond Return of the Joker, like, uh-huh. they actually have the exact same looking, like, satellite beam thing. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. <laughs> and then, Alan, you sent us that gif of, like, all the uh, tributes to, like, the little bike slide thing. Uh, the, yeah, and exactly. I, I was like, oh, man, I've seen this so many times. And, you know, there was like, and you know, it's just this along with, I think, um, Blade Runner has just basically created the cyberpunk genre. Like those mm-hmm. two films have like, you know, spawned this subgenre of science fiction films, kind of, you know, everything that came after really owes all this stuff to, you know, at least half this film, um, like certainly the animated side of it. Um, but yeah, I, I was really impressed. I had it's I had kind of a basic understanding of the film. Like I knew I'd see since it's so prolific, I've seen like shots at it so many times and I knew about the guy like blowing up at the end and becoming like a big monster. And I thought that happened to Canada and I was like really nervous for my boy. And then I was like, okay, it happened to this other guy and he becomes a God and that whole crazy ending happened. But yeah, it was really just, I liked all the philosophical themes it touched on and just like all it managed to both be a really good big picture story about where it's like what the fuck does this all mean for the world and all these different implications about like uh you know geopolitics and stuff but you actually still cared about the people on the ground like the people who this was happening to like you were really invested in these characters and their lives and their relationships while they are these like godlike people they are still so human and fallible and relatable and i really connected to it on that level and I don't know. I just, I just think that really, I don't know. I'm kind of, I don't know where I was going with this. I kind of um, lost my train of thought, but um, honestly, yeah, really, really great film. Um, I would, I'm really glad that we got to talk about it for this podcast and I finally got to see it. Um, Cause it has really just kind of become clear that like, this is a classic and like, it deserves to be like held up in this way that it is. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, Alan, can you please explain the <laughs> ending? Because <laughs> I kind of got a little confused. Like, I understand, yeah, him blowing up and all that is because he he exalt he pushed his powers to limit too fast and stuff. Like, so like, I guess like, would if he had gained more control over it, would he have like kind of shriveled up like the others did, or like, but and then also besides that, like, uh, like what? How did Akira come, you know, come back and stuff like that. So, Alan, can you, can you, would you be able to explain it? I'll, I'll try my best because I'm not gonna lie. The first time I was like that, I was like, "What the fuck happened?" <laughs> okay, I just, I just okay. remember I was like, "This was fucking amazing," but I was like, "I don't know what happened." Yeah, okay. I, 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 I went in the same as you. I was like, "Okay, you know, it, it's Akira. Everyone, this is like what everybody told me to watch," you know, and. And it's cyberpunk. Okay. 
and then it got to the end and you're just like what the fuck happened dude it went from like gangs fighting each other in a cyberpunk mm-hmm. city to like existential crises yeah all around gangs, gangs fighting each other and then like corporate espionage and like you know fighting the system and revolution and stuff like that and then like and then super superhumans and then philosophical that's well, like the train one thing that was one thing I, okay so i realized what i was gonna say and i forgot to is that this movie is set in 2019 and it is like surprisingly like relevant like it's yeah. like like Dude, so so what were the were the tokyo like olympics like scheduled even back then because no, like tokyo just, olympics was supposed to happen in 2020 exactly. originally it yeah was, that's the thing like they were they got scheduled in like 2010 or 12 or something like that like it's just they happened to be like okay there's gonna be like the 2020 tokyo olympics which just happened to be accurate like that's a weird thing you know tokyo you know you know japan like like pushed hard like we have to have this happen in real life or something did did the same thing happen with doctor who where like there was an episode in the 2005 ones well i'm the 10th doctor yeah but like the, even there was even that thing too, where they're like, the Olympics are going to be in 2012, and they're going to be in England, and, and like, oh yeah, it actually mm-hmm. happened. But at the uh-huh. time, I think they ended up having Matt Smith come out and like carry the torch and all that. And then uh-huh. I noticed that too with this. I was like, my girlfriend was like, "Dude, what the fuck?" Like, she asked the same question. She's like, "Wait, do <laughs> yeah. they plan this out?" Yeah. And I was like, "It's Japan, yeah. dude. Goku's the mascot dude. for the uh-huh. yeah. Olympics too." So, oh, the thing is, yeah. these Olympics oh, no. probably yeah. also got delayed because they blew up the stadium. So, and it's just like so many weird, like, oh, like, did they know it was going to happen in 2019? Like, because it's, it's weird because there's so many like dystopian science fiction films that are set in 2019. We've already talked about one on our other podcast, Underrated, where we talked about the island, but like, you know, Blade Runner also happens in 2019. And we're going to be talking yeah. about the sequel to that one later on. And, and it's just like all the, it's like, and in this movie, it's like, there's all this like, you know, people are protesting the government because the government's corrupt, and then there's this attempted coup, and I'm like, what the fuck is happening right now? Did they know? How did they know? Yeah, yeah. Well, they have psychics. I mean, (laughs) that's what they are. The kids are psychics, essentially, so they had some kind of clairvoyance. Okay. Well, Alan, go back to (laughs) explain the No, 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 definitely, yeah. Uh, No, I mean, after rewatching it, I kind of like like this, like this time around, because the last time I had seen it, I was working. Like I, I had a really chill job where I could just sit and watch movies all day, but I saw to you know do other shit. But this time I was like, all right, I'm gonna sit and watch it. And like, yeah, from what I assumed is that like Akira, like I feel like these kids just have some psychic abilities that can just go so far beyond into like godliness. So mm-hmm. what I what I thought, I think I think even one of the characters, like the army guy. Mm-hmm. I think he even he he kind of did like a quick throwaway line where he was just like Akira reached transcendentalism or something like that. Like he he transcended, and I was like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, so he's like a like he just transcended like physical form. I'm assuming, and that like his body parts and everything that they had in that cryogenic freezer were just had so much of his power that they were like doing research and everything on it. And then I assumed that Akira was kind of like this like omnipotence or something that like kind of saw what was going on and then he just like intervened at the end and but because they're just so powerful and just so like i'm pretty sure they just didn't give a shit at that point they're like i don't care if people die so by knowing that big um what do they call it the uh the explosion or whatever the iconic you know explosion that you see on the on the manga covers um being redone again i think i I saw something or a character the, the one of the scientist characters said like oh, it's the Big Bang. Like, he's essentially creating a new universe. So mm-hmm. I'm assuming, like, Akira and Tetsuo, like, he, like, merged th- them into, like, a new universe yeah. with, with their kids and everything. And, like, now they're just in this brand yeah. new universe where they yeah. can pull yeah. or something that's like, out of okay. ours. I was confused. I was like, did they, at the end, make a new universe? Or is it, like, they created our universe like somehow back in time like it was like you know one of those time loops like you know how people think that dr manhattan created the universe. like it's is it like something like that like i don't know like and i was like is it supposed to be ambiguous or am i just not getting it 
I want to say it can be a little bit of both because, like, even now, I'm still like after rewatching it, I was like, I still don't know what happened, but I feel like existential about it. So I kind of assume like it's either they created a new universe. That's what I thought. I think they just made their own universe outside of like that one, and then um, Kaneda's like girl, like the, the I forgot her name. Um, that Kay. was part of. Oh, Kay. Kai. Kay. Yeah. Kay. Kai. I think it was one of them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think she would like started getting her own like psychic abilities and like. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I oh, think, okay. I think they were trying to set up like, hey, like maybe she's gonna be like this protector or something or, or something else but uh, from my point of view i was like i think it's up to however you feel so mm-hmm. that's kind of how i feel is maybe because i know they said oh he's creating like the big bang like it's a new universe so i'm assuming mm-hmm. that's what happened that they just became so powerful that it became a new universe kind of thing but i mean listeners out there i want to hear what you guys hear too because i actually kind of read too i was like what happened and some people just said, I think they just created a new universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that- why I kind of got a little bit of two. Like, especially with, like, how the kind of, like, it looks like a Big Bang. It looked like kind of like a a mini, like, universe. Like, especially with um, um how, how like, uh, the the what is it, the scientist's kind of like his his transition whatever sound waves thing kind of looked yeah. like it was that yeah yeah i'm not gonna lie that's the one thing i really like about like these older animes from like the late 80s and 90s they just like start off very typical and then they just mm-hmm. go on to like making you question life and stuff like like uh i don't know if you guys ever seen neon genesis evangelion which is another big I, anime. i've just seen the first episode but i really want to watch more of it Dude, watch it and then watch End of Evangelion. That movie is as a mindfuck as Akira is. Like, that movie itself is just, like... It goes from, like, okay, it's just giant robots fighting, like, monsters. And then it just goes into, like, that same kind of existentialism where you're like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Gorgeous animation, graphic as fuck. Like, I-, I feel like nowadays a lot of animes are just kind of very straightforward. Or they're just trying to go for longevity, like One Piece and, and Dragon Ball and all that stuff. Because they like just want to keep the franchise going, but back then I felt like they just really cared about like just making people think and making mm-hmm. people kind of like question what happened in the film, and also make animation not just for kids. Because I feel like that's another big thing with uh, Akira was that mm-hmm. it's definitely not a film for kids at all whatsoever. Nope. Like mm-hmm. it, it's gorgeously animated, and like you know it's done. Pretty well. I mean, especially since like the 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 mangaka of Akira, he he also directed and and wrote the movie. So you pretty much had it straight up from his mind. Like I, I know, I think he kind of had a Scott Pilgrim thing where they did the movie first, and then he ended up finishing the manga later. But mm-hmm. I think I think it relatively kept the same kind of things because I think the Akira manga is like super long. I think like he wrote it like in a span of like ten years or something. Mm. But you yeah, know, we have them at work and they're like fucking huge. They're yeah, they're like, fucking massive. Yeah. And those are the volumes. It's like yeah. volume one is like fucking huge. But, but yeah, I mean, like, I, that's what I kind of like really like about or love about this movie. It's just, it, it's one of those where I think it really like, because I, I love animation and I, and I love like, especially when it's like hand drawn exquisitely well, like this movie. So, like, it just, it's like, like, I really want to go. I hope, you know, when the pandemic's over, like, they just re-release it for shits and gigs in theaters because I want to see it on the big screen because it's so this, stunning to look oh, at. Oh, yeah, definitely. This seems like it would be a good movie to watch on, like, the big screen for sure because it mm-hmm. was... It's just so cinematic and just there's so... Like Ariel said, like, the city is just so vibrant and it's got really that detail, like, that is just... To see it up on a screen that it would just take... would just be incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely, definitely. So, um... What were some standout moments for you guys? Um, Derek, why don't you start? Yeah, I mean, I think that definitely a standout moment for me was kind of like the showdown at the end when it's just this guy, you know, it's Kaneda and he's, you know, talking to, um, uh, what's his name? I'm forgetting. Tetsuyo? Yeah. And uh, they're just kind of like having this philosophical debate and it's basically like, you know, back talking like a god at this point and this guy could just like explode him with his mind, but they're just kind of like talking, having all this 
philosophical debates and he's like yeah he's like you can like explode with your mind but like i knew you when you were like some sniveling little kid and like i protected you and just they're kind of hold back and forth and then he starts exploding and stuff and then the military is coming and the coup is going on and and you know Kay shows up and she's starting to get her psychic powers and like what's going on with her and it really it just enveloped me with all there's so many things happening and then you have the scientist and he's just like oh a big bang is happening and like is this some kind of causal loop and like there's it's just you can't even it's like they can't even really focus on one thing because so many things are going on but they're all so interesting that i think that like that ending of the film you know and the build-up to it was just really enrapturing for me Mm -hmm. yeah for me i think it has to be when the movie started its turn like except with with tatsio's um kind of like uh nightmare that the other kids give him of of those teddy bears and stuff like that Mm. and that's like the moment where you start to like like what the what's going on you know kind of thing like you know that they have powers and stuff like that he's getting powers too um because of the scan and stuff but that's the moment where i think that kind of like is a tonal tonal shift and then and then it's kind of like that tonal shift is kind of completed or was completed for me where um he you know is like um escaping or like leaving his room and he just like um like then there's like a just a like a big not a blast but just like a very sudden like the lights turn off and then there's just blood like everywhere mm. you know and that's that was like it, it took me by surprise i was not expecting it and and it was very much a definitely like a okay this is like a change um in not just the movie but in tatsio too like up until that point you know the vulner he was a little bit of a more vulnerable vulnerable person and stuff like that um and then that's where it's like just like a complete like kind of like uh like just devastation and like he just coated all the walls in 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 blood and stuff and so and it was definitely very very visually like kind of like um i don't want to say beautiful but very like intense because especially with the lights turning off and you don't see the you know the red of the blood but you see like kind of like the guts and stuff like kind of like drawing out and especially since it, it like it's taken like um you know, down the hall, like the shot, you could say, is kind of like down the hall. You don't see it super close. I thought that that was very much a, a really standout moment and and um and visually, and so so yeah, and then definitely yeah, the end, the um ending fight. You know, just that build up of him going um to to the the stadium and stuff like that, and like with like him drawing a crowd and like just just kind of draw um driving this revolution that had been like boiling at the bottom but he's just has his own kind of things going on but this this revolution is starting to rise up and and stuff so so that yeah definitely some good moments for me nice yeah alan what Um, what kind of moment do you have fuck the whole movie i'm gonna be be honest (laughs) yeah like i just like you guys pretty much said a bunch of them but for me i just like it just every fucking shot like i can just literally talk about the animation like just every shot is gorgeous like i've seen like talking like like just videos on people talking about how the animation was done and like i think this was at the time the most expensive animated film until like uh i think to like miyazaki's movie the next year I can't remember which one. I think it was uh, Kiki's Delivery Service. There, which that mm-hmm. one's amazing too, beautifully animated, but not enough like existentialism in it <laughs> for my taste. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean like it's just it's stunning, man. Like I, like it's like there's so many shots: the poster, the the motorcycle slide, the the singularity. Ex- there you go, singularity explosion mm-hmm. in the beginning, mm-hmm. and just like everything. Like there was just so many times where I'm just looking at it and I'm like. Like I want to pause it just to look at the shot and just see every little detail they have. It's yeah, it's like they say every frame of painting, you know. Like that's it really is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, then, yeah. I think my favorite part though was like the impact it had on my girlfriend because because she's not a big like she'll watch anything, she, but she's very casual. Like she isn't like you know like us. We're gonna talk about it and discuss it. Like she sees it, and she's like cool. But for her going into it, she was kind of like, oh, you know, it's an anime movie. 
And she, like I could just hear her going, "Oh wow, what the fuck!" And then <laughs> just by the end of it, she goes, "Oh, that was a movie, movie, holy <laughs> shit!" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's a movie, movie, babe." I'm like, "This, this is like, this is an iconic film. That's why it's like so influential." Because even she was going, "I feel like I've seen this or I've I've heard of this before." And I'm like, "Oh, maybe Chronicle." And she's like, "Oh my god, yeah." And then what? oh, when a Tetsuo is being examined and and he's like he sees the mach- like the machines are rotating around him and he's on the bed mm-hmm. she was like oh my god that's like Kanye West stronger and I'm like yep oh <laughs> that was literally yeah he took influence from Akira for this as well for for his stronger video and then obviously the motorcycle and like just so much shit where I'm like yeah all of this I think there's even a shot where I think Kaneda jumps on the front of the of a motorcycle and like kicks a guy mm-hmm. and I was like oh my god I that was in like Batman the Animated Series like like if anything, a lot of like '90s animation was heavily influenced by Akira. Where I started recognizing, I was like, "Dude, I think I saw that in like X Men or like Spider Man, or, or mm-hmm. like." I mean, nowadays they, they probably still influence. Like I know there's a Steven Universe and and the uh, Gendy Tartakovsky's uh, Clone Wars and all that stuff. But it's just it's so impactful. Like you just like I like I said, I think at the easiest the the, the end of the day. The easiest way for me to say it is that it's a movie movie. Like, it just yeah. it doesn't fuck around. And then kind of going off of what you were saying about, you know, it being, like, really impactful in animation in the 90s. Like, I really, because I really think that, you know, this was, like, a benchmark for animation. Like, you know, Americans um, have, going forward with, like, a man- animation. Because animation wasn't really seen that seriously, like, in, in America, at least, before this and you know definitely was not seen for adults it was just kind of seen as like saturday morning cartoons usually not drawn very well stuff like rocky and bullwinkle or or whatever because this is you know keep in mind like a year before the simpsons came out so like really and i think this hat this was kind of one of the first you know serious animated movies to make a big splash in america you know it was you know the miyazaki movies before this hadn't really done anything they had gotten kind of recut and you know barely resembled themselves and you know then a year after you had kiki's delivery service which did i think become you know popular in america and then you know his later films obviously but this is i think you know kind of a landmark in animation going forward and you know it's the reason you have like animation is such an industry today in america and why it is taken so seriously and it is for adults in a lot of cases and even in the times when it's not explicitly for adults like you mentioned steven universe and stuff or something like adventure time which is on the surface a kid's show but like i watched that entire show as an adult you know like i w- started watching it in my 20s and you know you can really like have a deeper like um just kind of like uh, i would get it on a deeper level more than just like a kid's thing even if it is a kid's thing and i think all of that all can be or a great part of it is in thanks to this movie yeah, no, and it definitely, like, I think, like, you know, for our generation, like, us coming into that, like, that's allowed us to have these more adult-ish kind of, of animations. I mean, like, you know, we just mentioned, like, in within this podcast, you know, like, um, Invincible. And, like, mm-hmm. I don't see any, like, I think Akira represents that beginning, you know, that beginning of, uh, of, of animation telling a broader story than just you know your simple disney kind of fan you know fanfare and so um and actually telling a story deep and and stuff and and you know i'm i'm sure that like um in this past year with you know the pandemic it, it, i know that some shows like they kind of like did are doing like special seasons because of animation and stuff like that and then those wouldn't have been taken seriously um in unless something like this came along unless like um other movies that you know that have come along like the miyazaki movies or or um let's see like any other kind of like um adult like animated yeah kind of those like yeah like just um this this kind of a type of animation and like now we're just barely starting to see like you know a a bit of american animation kind of coming through with that and while you know japan has been doing it since the, the 80s or even longer than that um uh but but yeah i think that that's what this movie represents is that of of animation you know being a reparable art form and and a reputable way of storytelling 
Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. And just hand drawn, man. Hand drawn. I mean, mm-hmm. I know a lot of nowadays a lot of people are going towards like CG and and kind of commuter. Um, oh yeah, it's the same thing. Yeah, CG. Uh, <laughs> it's a computer generated. But yeah, it's the same same thing. And and they're using 3D and all that to to do it. But for me, I'm not gonna lie. At the end of the day, I'm like, this film for me is still more impressive than than a lot of that like CG cartoon where like you can do a little bit more realism. You can. You know, with 3D, it feels like you can, you know, there's parts and everything is like, you know, you look at a table or a desk and you're like, yeah, that's there. It looks solid compared to hand-drawn. But something about hand-drawn just still looks so much cleaner, so much, like, smoother. Like, you want to touch it. Even, like, anime, like, food, when you see them animate the food, like, the food just looks so, like, tantalizing. Like, your mouth starts watering. Like, I know there's Mm -hmm. that show... Like, there's like food wars or whatever and then oh yeah it's like that so you're just like oh my god dude <laughs> yeah yeah no and then also just some that also came to mind is like bojack horseman and and mm-hmm. uh and um um was it um love death and robots um you know those kind of like now are coming you know this animation um is kind of becoming a bit more mainstream and and so it's definitely um uh, like it's it's i'm sure it's it's it could be contributed to akita's like you know just um laying those grounds or those um those you know those stones my only complaint though is why does like american animation for the past like 15 years have to be so fucking ugly like like Big Mouth and like family guy i'm like i know why, it's dude? just like, a style Jesus. yeah oh my yeah. god it's yeah. like hideous like i'm like i don't even want like Rick and Morty, I, I'm gonna get like massacred. But I don't huh. give a shit for Rick and Morty. That show looks fucking gross, and I'm like, I don't want to watch that. Especially like since, like I said, we grew up with all these gorgeously animated films because Americans just saw Akira at the time, and we're like, holy shit, dude, we gotta try that. So like X Men, Spider Man, you know, Batman animated series and all that. Like grow, like now seeing this, I'm like, ugh, what the fuck, man? I'm like, where? Why do we stray <laughs> so far from Akira's grasp? Because it, it really is like art, you know, it is really a distinctive mm-hmm. style. And I think, you know, like in a lot of, you know, art, uh, animation these days are kind of even something which I really like, like Invincible. It's kind of it does sort of have a graphic novel style, but, you know, not, you know, it's it's not really distinct or that interesting. Whereas like anime, you know, anime, when you see it, it looks, looks beautiful and stuff like that. And it's something I've been thinking about because I've been playing a lot of Breath of the Wild recently. And it's just like the the style in that like so many video games these days are just about like making it look completely realistic like can we like uh, there was that commercial that came out with like one of the NBA 2K games a couple you know years ago right and it was like look how realistic the sweat on Shaq is and it's like this is like Breath of the Wild is like looking at like some you're like in a watercolor painting like fighting monsters oh, yeah. and doing all mm-hmm. this and it's so beautiful and I love that kind of like instead of just like trying to make animation look more like reality like hyper realistic like giving it this distinct artistic feel and vision and it, it, i i love that about this movie because you know just like the way like the line even like you know when they'll be driving their motorcycles the the lines that are coming off the back of their lights and stuff like that and they're zooming through the streets and it's so cool and it really has influenced the cyberpunk genre both in animation and in live action in so many ways aesthetically mm-hmm Right. Yeah. Yeah. So with, with that, we kind of, kind of wrapping it up a, a bit of like why, why we think um, people have latched onto this movie so much and why we think it, it is kind of like seen as a travesty by some um, to have never seen this movie. So, so kind of like gathering up like what, what we've talked about, I think, I think for me, um, the reason why people have latched onto it is because it is essentially like, you know, a piece of art, you know, you want other people to know this art, you know, so you pa- you want people to pass it on and like, and to kind of, that's why it's kind of been latched onto because it's, it, it's back then, I'm sure like when it originally came out, it was like just groundbreaking and, and, you know, and visually beautiful. And so, so. I think you know that legacy of passing on this this art and and it being so influential and and like even us you know seeing it for the first time and going back and like just referencing like oh my gosh like realizing all these things that we've seen you know in our lifetimes in other movies and and other cartoons and stuff like 
this is the this is the origin you know it's kind of like like um going you know kind of like a a a bit of like a prometheus kind of thing of like going going back and seeing the origins of of you know the world and stuff so so that's my opinion what do, what do you guys think yeah, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, it's all the stuff we've been talking about. Like, a lot of times, some of the times when we do, you know, these You've Never Seen's, I'm like, okay, well, you know, this movie, like, I get why it's hyped up, but I didn't really go for it. But this time, I, I fucking dug it. I got all of it. Like, it's not only, like, an influential movie, but it's also just a fucking good film. Like, it's a, like, it's a movie. This is a movie movie, like you said, Alan. Like, and it, it really just, it really hits you just visually and, like, emotionally and just on so many levels, you are moved by this film. And it's something you could just kind of not tear your eyes away from. And it's, its impact on like film history is undeniable. And it's not one of those movies where it's like, okay, I get why it's become a classic, but it's a little dated now and whatever. Like, no, this stands the test of time. This movie's older than I am. I still fucking was like, wow, this could have come out like, yesterday and it was still would have been like it would have other than you know the coming out being like the futures in 2019 feels completely modern pretty much man you 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 you've said it what i was gonna say like it's just it's just amazing like 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 you said like i'm surprised like like i think even when i saw it like 10 11 years ago i was just so shocked i was like dude how the fuck did this come out in the 80s? And this is like 2010, 2009 when I saw it. And I was just kind of like, like, we don't even have like cartoons that are this good at the time. Because yeah. at, at the time, you know, I'm like 18, 19. So I'm like, oh, in like 10 years, we're going to have better, you know, animation and better computer imagery and all that stuff. But even then I was like, dude, how? Like, <laughs> like, and you said too, even the story is like riveting the characters. It's emotional. Like, like this one is definitely like, I, I, you believe the hype when you see it. You see it, and you go, "Yes, that's why this film is like on um, the 100 greatest films or whatever." Like on all all these critics lists, even fans, anime fans, movie fans, like people in general are just like, "Yeah, dude!" Like it, 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 it definitely um, uh, meets the hype, and and it's just like how people like you know you read Watchmen. You know, it always has that like, oh, it's on on New York Times best 100 novels. Same fucking reason, man. You read Watchmen. Watchmen's fucking gorgeous to look at, and the story's riveting. It's emotional, and like, this is pretty much that in the animation genre. For me, I think it's probably the best animated film I've ever seen. Like, mm-hmm. I'll go down and say, like, it is the best animated film I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been a very great conversation with both of you. I'm, I am super glad that, that you know, um, Alan, that you brought this up. Or, yeah, uh, thank you, uh, Alan. Well, I kind of, like, brought it up to him. I'm like, oh, I've never seen Akira. And that that's a good episode. And so, yeah, you, you definitely, like, from, like, oh, yes, let's do yeah. it kind of thing. Um, so, yeah, thank you. Thank you, Alan. Thank you, Derek. Can I, can I ask something real fast before we wrap up? Uh-huh. Yeah, what's how, up? how are you guys feeling? Because it's since like 2002, it's been in developmental hell. They've been trying to make a live yes, action. Yes, thank you, Derek. Yes, thank you. Oh, I ask that too. okay. Yeah. Um, live guys... action. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I don't know, like how I feel. I got definitely. Please don't whitewash it. Let's not have That's another. Thing. Go- Everybody's been Let's not have about, another like... Ghost in the Shell. It is J- Japan. It is Tokyo. Well, that's the you... thing they were like saying it might be set in New York and oh. be like a bunch of white dudes running around, which I would be really disappointed. No, with. I think but... it's such a cultural thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, just just from the it, you feel the culture. I mean, like like you know the the that that um group of of like um of uh akira like worshippers kind of like they, they're they they're playing you know Jap- japanese like um things and, and and it's such and it's become such an ingrained part of japanese culture i think that to to change it anyway away from that is kind of like ripping away its identity you know so so for me um I mean, it just makes sense in tokyo I mean, Tokyo is is the, you know, capital of technology, you know, in the world. And so it just makes complete sense that, that it takes place there already. So, yeah, for me, I, I 
would it would be interesting to see. I think I don't know if they would be able to capture just the beauty of it, you know, and of the artisticness. I'm sure it's possible. I mean, like, um, you know, like we said, Blade Runner kind of came close to that, especially you know, Blade Runner twenty forty nine, which we're going to be talking about um, during the summer. But, um, but yeah, I think that I I wouldn't. I think there's a reason why it's it's you know been in production hell, um, and for hopefully a good reason of that. Just like it, it just they can't not capture that, that you know, um, lightning in a bottle kind of way mm. that 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 the cart that the anime did. Yeah, I don't really care for a remake of it, a live action one, because it's just so well done, like. I, I think you would have to have because I think Warner Brothers has like the rights to it, right? For like the live action one. Probably that sounds right. So they would have to at yeah, least yeah, get, it Warner Brothers. Yeah. Oh, they, especially they, if it was Warner Brothers, no. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Oh no. Well, no, they, they do a lot of bangers. I mean, I know obviously the. I know. Yeah, obviously you know other than DC and all that stuff, but um, and yeah, they kind of ruined <laughs> a lot of other adaptations of things, but I won't go too far into that. Yeah, I mean they 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 have their. Bring of blockbusters too, but but my thing is like unless they can get Katsuhiro Otomo to come back and do it, and like have him be like, hey bro, like can you? I mean, they could just fucking he could just throw the script and be like, yeah, I'll direct it. But I would, yeah, I'd want a Neo Tokyo. There's actually I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys the link and and for the listeners, uh, I'll see if I can put the link on the Instagram or the Twitter. Uh, someone did an, another animation that's essentially. Oh, an Americanized Akira, and it's so funny. Where like it's it's in New New York, and it's just like it, it's a neo. It has that neo look to it, but it's like advertisements of fast food and fucking you know brands and all this shit. And like uh, the oh, Canadian, so huh? huh? Oh no, I mean the like like it's obvious, like painfully like Burger King, yeah. McDonald's, and like uh, Canada. He has his like red jacket, but the red jacket I think has like um. Like the the United States flag on it instead of the instead of the pill, pill. and then like his his motorcycle is like a Harley or something, uh-huh. and then he's like, "Oh my God, Tetsuo, we're gonna be late to the prom!" Like it's like <laughs> American shit where you're like, "Oh my God, that would totally be in like an Americanized yeah. Akira." But uh, yeah. something like it's it's hilarious, but I I just hope not. I I hope they just leave it as it is, man, because I I, I can't imagine anybody like making that same scope like from animation to live action i don't know see see alan i'm in the same boat as you where it's like i'm like we don't we don't need a live action akira we shouldn't get a live action akira and they've gone so many they've gone through like five different directors and like 10 writers but the most recent director i was kind of like well well maybe because the last guy who signed on was my boy Taika Waititi. And if anybody was going to make a live-action Akira that would just be, like, fucking weird and bizarre and, like, colorful and amazing, it would be him. Because, like, after seeing what he did with Thor Ragnarok, you know, I would love to see, you know, if, if anybody does it, I, I don't know that it needs to be done, but if it's getting done, let Taika do it. And he would, and, he would keep a very... Um, diverse, I'm, I'm like, authentic cast. I mean, yeah. definitely, and, too. And, you know, he, it was supposed to come out this year in 2021, but, you know, with him working on... Uh, th- uh, then he got signed, signed on for a Thor 4, so it got pushed back, and then COVID happened, so it's still kind of in development hell. But if it does get made, I would like... And I have to see a, a live-action one. I would actually be excited to see a Taika Waititi version. Um, yeah, that, that's possible. I guess, yeah. I guess he's he's still possible. officially the director of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But they've gone through, like, four other guys before that, so who yeah. knows. I um, just want him to keep it... I want him to keep it dark, you know? I know Taika yeah. Waititi's, like, you know, he's a comedy. You know, he brought comedy into Thor and stuff. But I want it to keep its tone. I mean, of course, there's, like, kind of, like, slight jokes in it. But I really would l- want to keep that, like, just grittiness, darkness. And I'm, I'm sure he's able to do it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I do. That would be my only concern. But, yeah. Yeah, I, I wish, like, he can do, like, a, like, I wish, like, they can give him money just to see what he does. Like, just to make one scene. And then mm-hmm. I'd be like, mm, okay. Because, like... <laughs> 
don't get me wrong. Even if he does make it, I'm still going to go watch it. I'm not going to be like, oh, fuck that. I mean, if it somehow surpasses the original, then I'll be very, very impressed. But most likely with adaptations, like you guys said, especially remakes, it's rare when it's better than the original. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know someone's going to be like, oh, fucking Dawn of the Dead and did it all this stuff. But uh, I'm just going to, I'd be patient. I'd be like, we'll see what happens. If it Once the trailer drops, then I'll be like, all right. Nonetheless, yeah. I'll still mm-hmm. see it, but I mean, I'm still kind of like, yeah, I'm okay with it just being one and done that, than mm-hmm. the original one, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. I mm-hmm. guess I guess what I'm saying is, if we have to get one, let Taika do it. Like we yeah, don't need yeah. one, but if it's happening, give it to him. I agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, guys, thank you again um, for joining me, and for now, me and Derek, we could say that we have seen We've it. Seen it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But thank you, thank you, Alan, for um, you know, keep being our guide, especially to the end, <laughs> to <laughs> try try your explanation to the ending, and and yeah, definitely giving us like a little reassurance of like, yeah, I didn't know what it, what it was the first time yeah. I watched it too, so that makes me a lot more. Ooh, I'm I still want to watch it again and just be like, is that is that what happened? That's again, it's one of those movies where I'm like, I still want to see it again just to be like, all right, maybe I can get a different grasp this time, but. No, thank you guys for watching. I was super excited. It's been on like my rewatch list in a long time, and I was like, I just hadn't had the time. And with this, I was like, fuck yeah, dude! I totally want to watch it again. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right, yeah. Well, bye. Thank you, everybody. Um, thanks for being amazing. And um, we also have other podcasts. Um, part of our undercast company banner, we have um uh, our flagship podcast of underrated podcast um where in the um upcoming um summer months we are going to actually be doing a underrated sequel series um that will be starting with scream 2 um and so look forward to that as well as derek has his his own podcast um called gateway episodes where um once in a while he'll he'll um he'll introduce somebody or he'll be introduced um by some to by somebody uh a series through by using only one episode that's considered a gateway episode into that series and so with that thank you everybody for listening thank you um derek and alan for joining me and everybody thanks for being amazing yeah thanks for thanks for having us on i'll see you in another life thank you for having us on take it easy everybody